Hey, hello, it's Craig Biderman, the host of the podcast, the EduPunks podcast. It's been a minute. I'm really excited to be back. I've been taking care of some mental health stuff and just some personal things and kind of reevaluating life, but we're here. I'm excited to share a great conversation with you with another everyday educator, daily disruptor, DIY badass in the world. Uh, This week I'm talking with Sarah Damaris of the band Fucko. Uh, Sarah and I had never met before, before sitting down to chat outside of a Starbucks in Dorchester, Mass. uh, A Starbucks that I frequent. Uh, And what was great about this is, you know, the everyday life hustle and bustle of being right outside of a Starbucks and in a parking lot. So you get to hear some really great stuff in the background throughout this episode, but I tried to minimize the chaos as much as possible. Um, There's also like a really great surprise moment at the end of the first segment, so just hang out for that. It's pretty pretty fantastic, something we could not have scripted. Um, But uh, I'm just glad to be back. Really glad to talk with Sarah. I learn a lot about her throughout, throughout this episode. And we just really break down what it's like to start a band a little bit later in the, your 20s. And even what it's like working for America's tech, Test Kitchen. Because that's a whole fascinating part of the episode that I did not expect to get into. And it uh, ends up becoming a big part of the conversation. You also get to hear tunes from the new Fucko album, Social Climber. Uh, Sarah gets into a little bit about how the album was made uh, throughout this episode, and it was created uh, over the span of a few years and was recently released through Midnight Werewolf Records. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure that you go to fucko.bandcamp.com and get yourself a digital copy or even a physical copy of the album. As many of you know, we're a part of the Connect EDU network. Go to connect.edu or connectedu.network and you can learn a whole bunch about all of the other uh, podcasts that are a part of our little fun network of uh, higher ed podcasts. And you can also go to artissurvival.com to learn more about my uh, art my art-based nonprofit that supports trauma survivors. So if you want to learn more about that, go to artissurvival.com. Again, I am just stoked to be back. It was a nice little break, but we're going to be coming back consistently with an episode this week and an episode in a couple weeks, and then hopefully um, doing every other week from there on out. So that's just a little bit of an update at the top of the podcast. So hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll be back later with some more, like, uh, filling you in on stuff, like usual. Boy, it's going to take a minute to get the rust off, but here we go. So I'm sitting outside of a Starbucks in, no, this is, I was going to say Braintree. No, this is Dorchester, (laughs) Mass, with Sarah Damaris from the band Fucko. How are you? I'm doing great. Hell yeah. So we're sitting here. It is a hot day. It's really warm. It's a very warm day. I don't hate it, but it's warm. (laughs) It's very warm. I've been doing errands all day and have felt like it's been nonstop. So it's nice to just sit down and relax for a minute. Seriously. <laughs> also, a heads up, you might get a lot of like loud Dominican music <laughs> uh, as people are driving by because 
we're in a parking lot. We're, and we're in Dorchester, <laughs> so... Because <laughs> we're right outside of a parking lot. Yeah. Uh, so just uh, heads up for the audio on this one. But, uh, yeah, can you tell folks a little bit about who you are, what you do, sure. and where you came from? Of course. Uh, so, I'm Sarah. I play guitar and sing in Fucko. Uh, we were are a band that started um, in 2014. Um, so we've been around for a little bit. Um, we released an album in 2016 on uh, Black Numbers, and we just released our second LP um, on Midnight Werewolf Records. Midnight Werewolf. Yep. I love the name of that. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. So um, where'd you go to school? So I went to school at Plymouth State University. Plymouth State? Yeah, where which is, is in Plymouth, New Hampshire. Plymouth, New Hampshire. right in the heart of the White Mountains, basically. That's cool. Yeah, which is funny because... I'm a huge hiker now, <laughs> but when I was in college, I never touched any mountains or did really much physical activity. Really? Yeah. Um, so it's ironic. I pass my old school pretty much every weekend at this point. <laughs> Just, you know, great. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I went to college at Oregon State. Yeah. And so we're in the middle of um, hills and mountains all the like all around us. And yeah. so I grew up hiking. Yeah. I was always outside. It's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. I wish I would have done more of it sooner, but I mean know, and now <laughs> now I don't. I know. And I hate it. And I want I want to be like uh, not to throw my partner under the bus, but they're not a big hiker and they're yeah. not a big outdoorsy person. You definitely so. have to be the right <laughs> There's a lot of things that uh, I feel like could potentially bug someone about hiking. Yeah. So I completely understand people who don't like it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I um, I grew up loving it just because I would always find shit and pick it up and play with it. Like, I I always, like, bugs never, like, bothered me growing up. Like, I was, like, a real, just, like, dirty kid. Yeah. I mean, it's the place to hang out if you're you're into that. If you're into being, you know, just, like, a kid who loves to roll around in the mud. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's a really great hobby to have, so. Oh, and then college became, I ran in the hills and I ran in the mountains. And that's actually kind of dangerous. Yeah, it can be. You can get hurt. Yeah, I definitely can get hurt. I definitely stumbled down a hill or two in my day. Yeah, but like builds character, right? Totally, (laughs) totally, totally. I see trail runners all the time. I don't run, but I see a lot of people who do, and slightly envious. But it is a lot of work. Yeah, it is kind of dangerous. Well, I mean, what's even more dangerous? Like I'm, I was a big um, commuter cyclist, and I kind of still am. Um, But I don't, I can't fathom doing like like mountain biking and like trail biking because those guys do wild shit it's crazy i know i have like some friends from college who i don't i don't talk to them or see them anymore i'm just like friends with them on social media yeah and they're like really into um mountain biking like in the middle of the woods and it just seems so insane and intense like totally not not my bag no no (laughs) like at all no and I have friends who do like ultras on like oh, in, yeah. in like hills and stuff. I'm like, like crazy. Damn. No. Like more power. Like they literally have to pack food for their day while running. Yeah. No, that's not good. I can't. I am definitely the type that just likes going out on a day, 
getting a mountain in or mountain or two in and then coming back. I'm doing the 4,000 footers in New Hampshire, so. Okay. That's like it. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> that's it. What'd you go to school for? Uh, so I went to school for communications and uh, writing, so journalism for the most part. Nice. Did you get to do anything with that? Uh, not particularly. I work in marketing now. Oh, cool. Um, so I work at America's Test Kitchen. Okay. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. So I'm, I work on the marketing, marketing team as essentially a marketing data analyst. Um, so I build strategies for people who buy our products. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So if people don't know what America's Test Kitchen is, feel free to look it up. Can you tell folks a little bit about what it is? Sure. So we're a publication company, um, and we have two television shows, America's Test Kitchen and Cook's Country. Both are on PBS. They're free <laughs> if you want to find them. Um, but then we also publish magazines and cookbooks. Um, so my job is essentially studying uh, food lovers, which is, I'm one of those people. Nice. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge, huge cook recipes. Yeah. Home cook. I don't do anything too crazy, but um, yeah, so it's, it's great. That's awesome, though. Like, yeah, so I guess in a sense I'm using my degree, but not, like, completely. Yeah, maybe not in the way that you initially thought you were going to. No, like, I feel like I'm a, the, one of the lucky people who, like, went to college and I'm doing, like, something in line with, like, what I got my degree yeah. in. Because um, there's so many of us who do not fall into that camp, so. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I kind of did the same, because I went to school to be, like, a high school teacher, and yeah. now I'm like just a sex just I'm like a sex educator mental yeah. health educator like I'm still doing it but yeah. I'm not like in like a K-12 classroom every day not specific no not specific to what you went to school for no and I'm totally like I'm totally fine with that it's just it's kind of funny when I see people who go drastically the opposite direction of mm -hmm. what they went to school for yeah. and that always blows me away because I'm like huh yeah. what did you what did you plan on doing? <laughs> I'm just always curious what people like initially want to go to school for. I think in some ways it's really healthy because a lot of us decide what we're going to do with the rest of our lives when we're, you know, 18 years old. Yeah. And so it's only natural for us to want to do different things. I think my brother Jake, who's in Fucko, um, he plays bass. Um, he went to school for history and he finished like first in his class and won a bunch of different awards and like... I think if you probably bring up his name in the history department at Plymouth State, because we went to the same school, yeah. um, people still remember him because he was that good at what he did. And oh, he dang. works in tech now. <laughs> <laughs> he works at a startup in, in Boston and is doing great, uh, but like doesn't do anything with what he went to school for. Jeez. Yeah. yeah like, Because um, I, I went to school for English and yeah. writing as well. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was always like a little bit... Like, I was always a couple people removed from the folks who were, like, the highest performing. Yeah. But I had, like, the biggest personality yeah. in, in the class, so everyone knew, knew who, who I we was. Were, yeah. And so, like, because I would do, like, the spoken word mm. performance stuff, mm -hmm. whereas everyone else was, like, doing their, like, written, every, everything had to be, like, it was, it was meant for being written, and yeah. mine was meant for being performed. Yeah. And so, like, we were all on, like, this different level with each other, but had, like, a really good camaraderie, yeah. I felt. I got ex my minor in expository writing, so it's oh. very, like, <laughs> you know, like, down to facts. Like, yeah. nothing creative. <laughs> Anything, like, creative writing-wise gives me, like, immense anxiety. So, like, really? my style of writing is, like, very, like, to the point. Yeah, if I'm, like, writing anything, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was, uh, I, I mean, I was an editor for our newspaper in college and yeah. stuff like that. Me too. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. And, um, I took, like, I took a lot of PR classes because mm -hmm. I, 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 I really initially wanted to go into like music journalism, totally. but um, that ended up not. That ship ended up never sailing. Yeah. So I mean that's, that's so hard to get into. It is. I was I was on the arts and um, 
entertainment editing team for our school and I was like the same way yeah um I thought it would be awesome to just go into that but I mean as you live and you learn it's just one of those things where you're like I'm either into this and I'm gonna work really hard to get there or I'm like not totally into this yeah and so yeah how the cookie crumbles as they say I guess yeah well I'm glad to hear that you're like doing something you enjoy at least right yeah yeah my job's pretty cool um I mean like any job any nine to five you have like the things that you love and hate about it Um, but like for the most part, I would never, this is my first true job in like marketing proper. Really? Um, yeah. And I, I'm not someone who is, uh, I think a natural born, like I want to work in marketing person. Um, but I think like the product that I'm dealing with is great. And we have like a lot of what we do is educational. Um, we're there for the home cook. Um, and we actually have another product actually that I didn't mention before for kids. So um, we have a whole new kids line, um, and when I say kids line, I mean a website and yeah. like cookbooks for children, and um, geared towards teaching them the basics of foundational cooking, which is like really exciting and awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, what, so I'm actually wanting to tangent for, with this for a second. No, totally. Um, what are some of the, like the trends you're seeing in like your work right now? Mm. I guess in general, because like you have to be, you have to have your hand on the pulse of that, right? Totally. Yeah like specific to the food like food and recipe industry I don't know I think that people are getting a lot more adventurous with the things that they want to cook at home okay so like a lot of the things that we've been publishing um not necessarily like dietary specific but um like device specific so like sous vide machines are huge now I think like if you're talking to someone who's like really adventurous in the kitchen they probably already have one what's a sous vide machine a sous vide is what we call an immersion circulator so what it does is it creates a bath of water um in whatever um or whatever receptacle you put it in and it keeps the temperature of that water at a specific temp so you can actually put like meat in a bag and cook it in in the sous vide water um so it actually makes like a perfectly temped steak or piece of chicken or really anything that you want to cook in it we have recipes for like man like custards that you can make in mason jars that you can cook sous vide that sounds good anyway um yeah so like i think people are just getting a lot more adventurous i think Mm -hmm. specific to what people are looking for is changing obviously there's a lot of different dietary restrictions um whether that is by choice or by not so we actually developed a whole diabetes cookbook because we found that people not necessarily were looking for a fix um because they had diabetes but a lot of cooking um for people who are diabetic is actually like really healthy for you so they're just really specific to the amount of sugar that they ingest um so we have like an all-around like really healthy cookbook for people who are just looking to like cut back on the amount of sugar that they're eating i don't know i think top of mind that's kind of it Hmm. um i don't know the trends that we see on a day-to-day basis are people like looking for um dinner recipes like most of your like one pot (laughs) yeah multi-cooker instapot recipes so yeah i don't know i think like for the most part people are getting a little bit more adventurous and they're like interested in actually spending time on cooking yeah um whether that is like a one hour dinner for their family most people are really interested in learning like what is in their food and like ensuring that when they are cooking for their family um they know what's in it yeah for the most part yeah and i mean there's a lot of like those meal prep services that send people like i don't know what like hello fresh or blue apron yeah those are like so ubiquitous now kind of 
And I know they press them so hard in social media that I think That's it's almost giving people a bad taste in their mouth. Where yeah. like, holy shit! What was that? I don't know. <laughs> Some something glass just fell out <laughs> of the sky. Did someone just throw a bottle? <laughs> Maybe someone threw a bottle, but I don't know. Dorchester. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where it would have came from. I'm trying to see if there's anyone on top of these buildings. Someone that was might insane. be on top of the building, but... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah? Damn. Oh, no. Okay, That's well, terrifying. I'm glad we have this little shade on top of us to at least maybe stop part of the... <laughs> yeah, that was wild. So yeah, HelloFresh, Blue Apron, yeah, social yeah. media. I, I mean, I hear a lot of it on like podcasts. And totally. Stuff. Yeah, I feel like they're pushing their services so hard that it's almost turning people off. Yeah. Wherein like, I don't know, people just want to, people want a specific thing to eat and uh-huh. then they want to figure out how to make it. Um, so that's where kind of we come in. Yeah. Uh, we test all of our recipes up to 60 times in our test kitchen. Oh, wow. To figure out the best version of that recipe. So, um, yeah. Not to be an ad for my business. Oh, no. I mean, (laughs) half the time I bring people on here, we're talking about that. Um, No, like, one of my best friends, like, uh, is the executive chef at a restaurant in Portland, Oregon. And he uh, was, like, my first real in to understanding, like, the culinary world. Mm -hmm. And so, like, anytime I go home, and Portland's a very foodie place. Oh, yeah. Like, whenever I go home, I'm just like, hey, man, take me wherever. Yeah. I will eat whatever you Mm -hmm. put in front of me. Mm -hmm. Let's do this. And he's always got, like, someone in the industry to, like, whenever we go eat, he's just, like, he knows the chefs, he knows the people behind the kitchen, and he's just like, let's talk about this food that we're about to eat. And it's fun to watch him eat food. Yeah. Because he's always just, like, picking apart what's in it. He knows exactly what, like, the flavors are. Yeah. Yeah. Knows, like, what's working with and what doesn't work. Yeah. And, like, always blown away by that because I don't have a palate for that. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't either. We have a kitchen staff of... I think about 50 people um and i think about half of that are that are actual test cooks yeah and like all of them have had executive experience working in fine dining um and so this is like a lot of them it sounds like is a really happy medium for them especially the people who have families going from those crazy hours of being a, a chef somewhere mm-hmm. to then working basically a nine to five but still doing something really cool they kind of hit the holy grail by working yeah <laughs> by working there but yeah i work with a ton of special people um who are like pretty brilliant in what they do and like exact same type of like basically their job is to pick apart food and the flavors that they taste um on a day-to-day basis but like down to the nuance of like they're cooking the same things like quite a few times Mm -hmm. before they um settle on what they actually want yeah i guess in the book or on tv or yeah i never think about like how much they have to like actually test it's crazy and we have a whole series of at-home test cooks that or just volunteers, basically, yeah. that um, we send recipes to, and they make them at home, and they tell us what they liked, what they didn't like, what was easy for them, why, if they have, you know, an electric stove, it was difficult to do X, Y, and Z, and yeah. then why, if you have a gas stove, it's easier, and um, yeah, so we have a whole, there's a whole scheme that I, I'm not a part of that world, I mean, I work there, but I'm not a part of that world, yeah. we all learn about it, and you're just kind of submerged in it, because you, you work there. Um, and obviously I eat a lot of great food. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you probably get a pretty good benefit there. <laughs> yeah, I've actually been, I've been monitoring, like, the amount of sugar that I've been eating, like I was just mentioning in the one of the cookbooks that we're doing. 
um, or that we just put out, but they're they're doing a keto cookbook, which if you don't yeah. know is yeah, like yeah, a very yeah. pretty extreme uh, limited it's a truck um, sugar, basically a sugarless, carbless diet. Um, and anyway, which is like it's pretty extreme. I've known a couple of people that go on keto, and it just sounds so fucking hard. Really hard. Um, well, they're they're um, developing a keto cookbook right now. Yeah. Um, and because they know that I'm interested in it, um, they have my phone number, so they've been texting me whenever <laughs> there is something to test. And so I'm testing things like keto smoothies, and they actually developed a really good recipe for keto oatmeal, which is essentially this like flaxseed mix. Okay. Um, but anyway, it was really really tasty. Like they do. I don't even know how they do what they do, but it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that blows me away. It's crazy, yeah. Um, but definitely very interesting, and it's always fun giving people tours and like because we have TV sets in where in, in where my office is, and yeah, so it's always fun giving people tours and you know just really cool work environment. Yeah, cool benefits. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. Even just outside of the food, I hope. Even outside <laughs> of the food, yeah. <laughs> So you're telling me earlier that you started playing piano when you were younger. Yeah, a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So I, I'm really lucky in that I had a very have a very musical family. Um, Jake, my brother, is in Bucko with me, but we've been in previous bands together. Um, Poison Ivy League, which was his 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 brainchild, I guess. Um, but our dad is a musician too. He owns a lessons and recording studio oh, cool. in Manchester. Um, so I've been around music forever, but it was not something that I immediately gravitated towards when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but when I was in high school, I started playing piano just for fun. Um, and by fun, I mean, like, I just decided I wanted to learn classical pieces because I thought they were really interesting and entertaining. That's just, that's kind of funny <laughs> to me. It's like, I wanted to pick up piano for the fun of it, and I'm going to play classical stuff. Well, it was like, <laughs> I know, it sounds really, like, pretentious, but I definitely spent, like, multiple weeks in the summer doing pretty much nothing besides learning one song so I'd learn like two songs a summer so it wasn't like yeah it wasn't like I was just like a savant and like yeah. reading music I don't know how to read music I never have um no so it's like I just was like really interested I learned like all of Vanessa Carlton's discography nice. in high school too so like nice that's my party trick uh, a thousand miles yep you know? yeah exactly that's 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 incredible yeah I grew up with a, I grew up with a guy who was who actually was like a piano savant. He had never taken a lesson. So talented. Had never been taught how to learn. He could just sit down and just like play these amazing pieces. And I'm like, dude, play that for me again. And he's like, I don't know if I could. Yeah, it's all muscle memory, you know. Yeah. Once you like know a piece, uh, it's definitely. I think more than. I mean, the little. Uh, what word am I looking for? I don't know. 
based on what I know and instruments, like I think piano is one that lends itself pretty well to muscle memory. Yeah. At least for me. Yeah. For sure. And so you said you didn't pick up a guitar until a little bit later in life. Yeah, I I I think at one point in high school my dad like let me play his guitar, like try to play it, but like besides that I had not always wanted to. Um but when our last band broke up, I was like, I gotta do something. Like, I can't not, I can't not play music anymore. And I always wanted to, so I bought a guitar. Yeah. And that was kind of, I guess it, um, taught myself a few basics, and then I took some lessons for a summer. Yeah. Um, and then Fucko started that fall. <laughs> Dang. It was definitely one of those, and it's still to this day, is I can play my own songs, but cannot play really anything else if you ask me to. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. I mean, I didn't pick up a guitar until college. Yeah. Like, really, to, like, learn. I think I was, like, 20. Mm-hmm. Maybe, tw- yeah, mm-hmm. around 20, I was learning how to play guitar. And it's, like, but, like, it's actually kind of cool because now I can say I've been playing guitar for about 10 years. Yeah, there you go. Um, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm working on, like, year five right now. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm loving it. No. But it's one of those things where, like, I was in college and I was playing in a metal band and, like, all of the guys in my band were, like, these super dexterous guitarists and I was just like, ah. Yeah. I'm going to, like, do a City in Color cover yep. and it's going to be super <laughs> chill and quiet. Yep. And totally that. The opposite of what you're doing and I want to play that kind of music now. Oh, yeah. Um, what did you, uh, what was one of the, what, what was one of, like, the bigger struggles in learning how to play, like, a new instrument? Oh, like I mean, I don't, I mean, I think, like, the basics of, like, your fingers hurting and, like, <laughs> just, like, sticking with it. I don't know. When you're 27 years old and you pick up a guitar for the first time, you, like, have a full-time job. You have a career. I don't know. I was, like, commuting into Boston at the time. Like, finding the time to do it was yeah. the worst part and, like, actually sticking with it. And that's why I ended up taking lessons, like, once a week Oh, um, for that summer just to get used to, I don't know, sticking with it like forcing myself to do it once a week um and then yeah once you're I mean once you're in a band and like you have other people committed to like playing with you then it's easier to stick with it so I definitely attest that to to me continuously doing it but yeah I think definitely just like (laughs) your fingers hurting and not getting frustrated when everything just sounds terrible all the time oh yeah especially if you've like been in a band before where you've like played you know you've played tons of shows and you (laughs) Um, no full songs on piano to not be able to like do that with a different instrument is very difficult. Yeah. Very frustrating. Well, and especially to like go from one instrument to another and then starting, like starting over fresh in anything is hard. Totally. Like I, I did solo stuff for a really long time and then not long ago tried to like start my own band together. Yeah. And then I had my car accident, yeah. which was terrible. Yeah. And um, I haven't actually even gotten back to that since. Yeah. There's just, like, a lot of, like, weird nervousness around it. Totally. I think that... music is so anxiety-inducing. For, oh, like, for sure. a million reasons for everyone. And I especially, I especially think so for people who are, like, who's ever actively been in a band. There's so much baggage that comes with that, like, I've been in a band. Yeah. <laughs> um, that I definitely, I definitely struggle with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Like, like any this sort of, should come easy to us. <laughs> any sort of like thing that sets expectations around like what you should be doing because you have ever defined yourself as a musician is yeah. like horrible and so much to deal with. Yeah. Um, obviously awesome in a lot of different ways as well. And there's a lot of payoff there at times, but like, man, 
being a person who's been in a band and like trying to stick with it is like there's so much stuff and uh so many mental blocks that you can run into yeah it's a lot it's real Mm -hmm. um can you tell folks a little bit about fucko and what you guys have been doing yeah so fucko like i said we've been a band for like five-ish six-ish years at this five years probably at this point uh and we just released an lp and uh it's called social climber (laughs) yeah um it was the only name we agreed upon (laughs) (laughs) i had a million and one names for it uh but we wrote it over the past four three four years okay um so it definitely took us a really long time to um settle on the i think 12 songs 12 songs that are on it uh, we recorded it at Sona Lab with Justin Pizzoparato. Uh, we love Justin. He's awesome. Uh, and he helped us a ton with really solidifying, like, what this thing was going to sound like. Yeah. Um, some of the songs we wrote literally, like, two weeks finished, like, two weeks before we went into the studio. Um, so a lot of it was, you know, not a lot of it. A few, a few of the songs were flying by the seat of our pants, but I think they're some of our favorite ones. Um, but, yeah, so we are... I am actually going on a solo tour at the end of July... Uh, with my friend Jess, who is Tuft. Okay. Um, so we're doing, like, a greater New England into the Midwest um, tour, which should be really fun. Um, and it's my first time playing solo, so... Yeah? Uh, should be really interesting. A different level of anxiety. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, Jake, who plays bass in Fucko, uh, is very... <laughs> I think they're a little nervous for me. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's basically telling me it's good. It's a good thing for me to do, so I'm going to do it. Um, but yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah. I'm actually going to break up out a synth for, I think, a few of the songs that I'm going to play. So. Oh, sick. I'm not, like, playing guitar the entire time. I got my synth uh, that I can play some songs on. Good. Yeah. Hell yeah. You know, just break up Vanessa Carlton if it gets really awkward. As you will break the break the mood, break the tension, yeah. probably even make you feel a little bit more comfortable playing totally. something that's gonna crack the room up a little bit. Yeah. That's exactly. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. So how did the sound develop? Because I really like the I got to listen to the album uh, sure. a couple times this week. Cool. And it's like a nice refined, fuzzy at times. Yeah. Uh, album where did you guys come to agree on a sound or even experiment with the sound i've always been a real big fan of really loud noisy pop uh that dog is like one of my favorite bands yeah uh assault great um i've also been a huge fan of like the exact opposite so like (laughs) i come from a really thick base of like 90s twee bands okay uh, like anything Rose Milberg has ever touched, Tiger <laughs> Trap, The Softies, uh, Dressy Bessie, uh, Bell and Sebastian, like yeah. all of that. Um, I think that when I first started playing, because I started a band literally as I was learning how to play guitar, I think a defense mechanism for me was definitely a lot of like loud distortion on my guitar because if I did mess up, then it wasn't as noticeable. Yeah. So I think as we started writing songs, like some of them were definitely, I think meant to be softer in my head, but because one applied to what I had at hand, (laughs) uh, it just became very, uh, I think more of an aggressive sound than what we we initially uh, anticipated, which is totally fine. Like we're down for it. I think in particular to social climber, I don't know. We just kept going, with kind of what we had with the sound, but I think we definitely wanted to refine it a little more. Um, a lot of the songs that we wrote were... We write our songs together. Like, I'm not at all the main songwriter in yeah, Bucko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The three of us are very much so equal pieces in the band. 
and we decide on pretty much everything in a song together unless like I come in with like a full big song or Jake comes in with a full big song um we definitely like very collaboratively come together when we write music so it's like very organic like I don't know it's very it's a very organic process yeah. uh it requires a lot of practice time we pretty much religiously practice on a weekly basis because we write songs together for the most part yeah. um we need the time together in order to like get it done uh but yeah so i think with social climber we just tried to make it a little bit more dynamic than our last album we love we love music that has like very different very different parts in it so it's yeah. nice to listen to an album and you know the different songs even if you don't know um the the artist so yeah. you know that there's very different music styles or music sounds or intensities in the music um so yeah it's kind of no, a long-winded answer yeah <laughs> no i uh i really i really enjoy the album and i um i really after you explaining what you guys were wanting to do with it yeah it totally makes sense uh, um and so it was put out by Midnight Werewolf. Mm-hmm. How'd that come to be? Derek is our drummer. Oh, Derek's your drummer. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm not aware no, of no, these no, things. No, That's great, fine. though. Yeah, we uh, we started the process of like pitching it to labels, but we started really late. Mm-hmm. Um, the album was done by the time we started. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love having like full control over every part of the process. Yeah, um, I do all of our album art. We pretty much produce everything that we do. Actually, recording with Justin was the first time we didn't record our own music, and that is for every band that we've been in, Yeah, um, Jake included. So, yeah, we just decided to put it out ourselves. It was going to be cheaper for us in the long run, and there yeah. weren't going to be any specific tour requirements, which was, like, a big thing with us. We all tour plenty. Like, I'm using all of my vacation time on touring, um, which is four weeks. Yeah. So it's a lot. Um so we just do it on our own terms and I'm totally comfortable and excited about doing that. Um, but yeah, so yeah. Hell yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you guys all just got done doing a tour like last month. How was that? Yeah, it was fun. We, uh, we did a weekend to, um, promote the record and we basically, I mean, we're all, Jake is almost 30. So, um, we're all almost in our thirties. And so we definitely treat tour like a vacation at this point. So we basically like to go to the places that we love to visit. Yeah. Um, so we did a tour down to Philly and back, um, and we love Philly and we stayed with our friend Chris and his, our favorite dog in the world, Scully. Um, (laughs) I like miss her already. I miss her all the time. I'm like still posting pictures about her on the internet, (laughs) even though we haven't visited her in a while, but, uh, yeah. So they live in Philly and we played Philly and it was really fun. Um, and came back up. So, yeah, it was awesome. We sold some records, yeah. met some new people, uh, played with a few bands that we really, really love. So, it's great. Yeah. Do you have any more plans for the rest of the year other than your solo? Yeah, so I'm doing my solo tour. We have a couple shows in August that we're doing. And uh, a couple local shows in August and September. Um, and then, I don't want to jinx it because it's not fully booked yet, but we're going to be doing West Coast in October. Oh, boy. Um, October into November. So nice. So, it's going to be really exciting, and that's why I need to save up my vacation days. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. But I, it's something I've always really wanted to do, and we've had people, a few, few people ask us to go out there and play some shows, so we're going to do it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. If that's not, exciting. If not in October, then hopefully within... Within this album cycle, we'll be getting out there. Yeah. Um, the really exciting thing is that we're actually going to be touring out there with Derek's other band, Sneeze. So, okay. Um, it's going to be great. That's awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you need connections out on the West Coast, just let me know. I will, for I sure. got a good amount of people Sweet. out there. Awesome. My home. Nice. My home. Sweet. All right, it is time for the music break portion of the podcast. You've gotten to hear a good amount of the song Used to Be by Fucko already. And now I'm going to play you a song called In That Doorway. It is from the new uh, Fucko album called Social Climber. You can go over to fucko.bandcamp.com and get yourself a physical copy or a digital copy. They have a vinyl pressing that is pretty limited. So if you want to get one of those, there's a link at the bottom of uh, the Bandcamp website uh, that takes you over to Midnight Werewolf, which is who released the album for Fucko. And yeah, as you've heard, it's some nice, noisy, fuzzy uh, pop music that I've really enjoyed over the last few years. I've gotten into this genre a whole bunch as it's become, uh, has it's had a really big insurgence in uh, a lot of the genre and in the scene. So there's a lot of folks experimenting with this style, and I really like the way that Fucko approaches it and the way that Sarah brings her voice and guitar talents to the forefront. All right, let's listen to the song In That Doorway by Fucko.
That was In That Doorway by Fucko. I hope you enjoyed that song because if you did, go over to fucko.bandcamp.com. Get yourself a physical copy or a digital copy of the album. Support the band. Get to the gig. Sarah's going to be touring, so make sure that you go check out how you might be able to see her on the road. And then uh, keep your eyes out uh, to see if if a fucko will be in your neck of the woods in the very near future or in the fall or whenever they hit the road. Just keep keep in touch with the band. That's all I want you to do. Just keep in touch with the band because they're great and Sarah's great. And I hope you've enjoyed this conversation which we're about to wrap up with the lightning round here we go cool so let's do a little lightning round okay to close this out awesome then you can let folks know how to get in touch with you sweet yeah um so lightning round what's your favorite color green green yeah, oh, yeah. what is your favorite type of food now that we've been talking Ooh. about food i'm a big uh noodle fan like anything that involves noodles okay or bagels that's complete bagels. Op- opposite ends but what kind of bagel do you get Ooh, I live right. I live in Chelsea, so I live right near Kate's. Okay. Um, which is a great bagel place. Nice. Um, if I'm going there, I usually get like an everything bagel or mm-hmm. a sesame bagel. Mm. Those are my two favorites. I'm a big everything. Like just throw, yeah, throw one of those at me and I'll eat ever, it. If you're ever in Chelsea, Kate's. Kate's. Spelled K-A-T-Z. So I think everyone thinks it's cats, and cats. so did I when I moved there. Okay. But it's actually Kate's. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I have a friend who lives out there, so I might do that. Do it. They're great. They give me free bagels all the time at this oh, point. Oh, look at that. When I walk in, they're like, only one bagel? Just take it. Here's <laughs> and I was another. like, okay. <laughs> Here's another. I know. Um, what about a favorite book? Ooh, uh, right now, I, I'm a big reader. I don't yeah. necessarily read anything that I think is, like, super noteworthy. Um, I am a huge fantasy fan. Anything that Neil Gaiman writes, mm. I'm all about it. I think probably Stardust is one of my favorite books. Oh, cool. Right now, I'm really reading... Um, Killer of the Flower Moon, which is the book about the Osage tribe in Oklahoma and how the FBI started. Oh. Um, so it's really great. Interesting. I'm almost done. I'm excited to be almost done because it's great, but it's heavy. So. Speaking of gaming, we just finished watching Good Omens. Ooh, it was I fun. Seen it. Yeah, it it's good? on Amazon Prime. Nice. Definitely suggest it. I haven't even read that one yet. Yeah. That was, it's, I didn't realize it was like 1990. Yeah. With Terry Pratchett. Yeah, that was old. Like, yeah. My partner's currently reading it. So. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, and it's it's wild because they're they're telling me that it's super strict to the book. So oh, like, yeah. I love that. Super great. American Gods, I heard is good too, but I haven't watched it. Yeah, I haven't watched it either. Read the book, but oh, okay. Yeah. Um, my old college roommate had Neil Gaiman as a like professor. Oh, at I'm so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, yeah, he would. We would like go drinking with him after class and stuff. I'm like, that's so that's cool. wild. I know. I love that. <laughs> what awesome. a life. I know. He's really cool. I love his photo in the back of every one of his books. If you are ever just curious and you see a Neil Gaiman book, just go and look at the back. It's from, like, the late 80s, and he's wearing a leather jacket with a collar popped up, and his hair is, like, styled, and it's black and white. It's just perfect. And he hasn't changed it. It's just incredible. That's awesome. He just really he just really <laughs> latches onto it. Maybe it's just, like, the stock photo that his publishers keep, but, man, it is beautiful. It's great. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite movie? Ooh, uh, so I have a Mary Poppins tattoo, so I'll have to say that one. Okay. Yeah, I have a carpet bag with a lamp coming out of it on my arm, so I, I'll have to say that one. Mary Poppins. Committed. That's, a, that's a first. Yes. Uh, what about uh, a TV show? Ooh. Do you binge uh, it all? I do binge. Um, man, what have I been binging lately? Um, I've been watching the show. Why can't I think of the name right now? 
uh, Sticks of the Sea. It's about the big explosion, the nuclear plant. Oh, um, Chernobyl. Chernobyl. I've been yeah. watching that. It's really good. Uh, I mean, I'm a huge Office fan. Like, I hate, yeah. I hate that I'm that way, but <laughs> I'm a huge Office fan. Um, I think that's kind of it. I'm not a big TV person. I'm a huge hockey fan, so RIP season 2018-2019 uh, Bruins. Yeah. I'm heartbroken. One but, game away. <laughs> one game away, and we didn't show up. Uh, but uh, if I'm watching TV, that's usually what I'm watching. Hockey. Hockey. Nice. Yeah. I'm a big basketball guy. Sweet. And my Trailblazers got crushed in the Western yeah. Compl- Conference Finals. Yeah. That was tough. But honestly, I was just <laughs> glad we made it. I we showed up. I just recently started watching the Celtics because um, it was on off nights of the Bruins and to yeah. deal with like the anxiety of like sports. Uh, it's nice to watch another Just team. Just watch another team. <laughs> that doesn't give you as much anxiety. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, and also the um, Raptors. Oh, yeah. Which was really fun to watch, too. Yeah. My best friend from college, he, he's a big Raptors guy and yeah. I'm a Blazers guy. Yeah. We both went in on NBA League Pass for those two teams. Yeah. And we were like crossing our fingers <laughs> that they would just take on each other in the finals. That would have been amazing. Yeah, it would have been wild. I mean, the Bruins beat Toronto. Yeah. The Maple Leafs, so I'll give them the Raptors <laughs> for this round. But anyway, but yeah. If I'm watching TV, it's usually the Bruins. Okay. I'm a total jock in that sense, I guess. That's honestly something I wouldn't have expected. I know. So. I get that all the time. I'm really French-Canadian. Okay. Uh, my dad... He no longer watches hockey. He has, like, very fundamental issues with how the game has changed. Interesting. Um, so we have a lot of conversations around uh, how well the Bruins are doing and how why he still won't watch them, even though he did watch the playoffs this year. Okay. I, like, finally got him to come back for a little bit. But, um, yeah, I grew up watching hockey, um, and so I still, I still do. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. If we're ever practicing and the Bruins are on and the boys, Derek and Jake, don't want to practice they will very quickly be like, we could go watch the game yep. around the corner at yep. the bar. And yep. so sometimes we play hooky on band practice and watch the Bruins. That's well, the one way they know how to get me out of there. <laughs> that's worth it. I get, I mean, if you're ditching it for something you love, exactly. go for it. Yeah. Um, so you've already mentioned some, some bands that have influenced you through the years. What's sure. something you're listening to now? Ooh, I have been listening a lot to, if I'm working, I honestly listen to classical music because okay. I need something really mindless. Yeah. Some, like, smooth classical or, like, romantic era classical. Um, hey. But if you're talking about recent bands, um, I'm definitely a huge fan of the Beths. Oh, yeah. Incredible band. Um, Swearin is, has mm-hmm. always been one of my faves. Um, I've been, you know, going back to their record a bunch lately. Yeah. Um, let me look at my Spotify really quick because hey, I make ahead. playlists for everything. I'm a big, sp- I'm a big uh, playlist. I just got done making a... Uh a scene era playlist from like 03 to 07 just all the scene stuff I could think of nice that's literally what I've been driving around to all day I know I love a good throwback playlist yeah it's Um, that and we've also been going through um, 90s country lately hell yeah like Shania Brooks and Dunn Garth Garth I have this incredible t-shirt that is of Garfield wearing a cowboy hat and it says Garth Brooks on it. Nice. It's great. Cool little thrifting find. I honestly think I've seen that shirt before. It's really good. Yeah. If you find one for under 40 bucks, buy it because you're not going to find it for Jeez. any cheaper. Um, so uh, the new pile blows my mind. Oh, yeah. If you haven't yeah. listened to that yet. Um, and then well, I'll Well, any say, pile album. Oh, my God. I know. The new pile. They, Rick used to live and practice in the practice space right next to us. Mm-hmm. And 
it is like the best and worst treat mm-hmm. <laughs> because you get to listen to pile all the time but then also it's just like so uh he's just so good at music yeah <laughs> he's so so good at what he does so you just feel like oh like oh man I'll never be that good. No, but I'm not that, <laughs> that self deprecating. Um, and then, last but not least, I'll say Empath is like one of my new favorites. Okay. Really great I band. I haven't checked that out. I'll yeah, they're on uh, label Get Better Records. Okay. Um, out of Philly, which our friend Alex runs, um, and they're amazing. So, nice. what they're doing is awesome. So, um, really great band. So, yeah. Hell yeah. So how can folks get in touch with you and check out the music? Sure. So we're on Spotify. So just search Fucko. Uh, we're the only band that comes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty easy. Um, if you Google Fucko, we're the only thing that comes up. Uh, yeah, so we're on uh, Instagram, Fucko MA, and Twitter, Fucko MA. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much for chatting of with course. me. Of course. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. That's it. We did it. Another episode of the Edupunks podcast in the books. Very thankful for Sarah Demera sitting down with me and chatting about uh, the America's Test Kitchen, all the work she does there, uh, all the work she's done to become uh, a master guitarist <laughs> and playing uh, in Fucko. And I hope you enjoyed the tunes of Fucko because if you did, go to fucko.bandcamp.com. I think I've said it a billion times throughout this episode, but that's just because I think it's super important that you support this band the music is kick ass and uh i as you've heard throughout uh the episode uh there's a lot of uh really great tunes that comes out of the new album social climber uh which is out on midnight werewolf so go to fucko.bandcamp.com and get yourself a digital or physical copy right now as uh, usual, I like to also plug ConnectEDU at the end of the episode, so get go to connectedu.network and learn about all of the great podcasts that are in our network. Also go to Art is Survival if you want to learn more about my nonprofit that is based around making art for trauma survivors. Go to artissurvival.com to learn more. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. It's really nice to be back. Um, and I really hope to continue bringing you more conversations with more folks in the field and in the world. And yeah, that's really all I got for this week. Stay tuned for the next episode in a couple of weeks. I'm about to hit vacation in Philly. Really excited. So if you're in Philly and you're hearing this, let's hang out. All right. That's all I got. Until next time, let's get to work. Let's get to work.